Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to NPR. I'm Carrie Gross, and oh, wait, this is a movie machine. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the movie machine. I'm Ben Lifson, your moderator, and it's a podcast where we create a movie based on a random prompt from the internet. I'm joined by three members of the Hollywood elite. Our writer, Josh Hames, who is Tom Hanks' wrangler on The Post. Got to keep in all that charm. Uh, Jacob Gulliver, who is the voice actor for the Porg in Star Wars. And our producer, Kyle Decker, who is The Rock's head polisher on Jumanji. It's a lot of wax. And your prompt for today is, the theme of the story is a romantic mystery. The main character, a cruel poet, and an ugly daycare employee. The start of the story, destruction. The end of the story, longing. This film is called Cruel Punctuations. Our main character, not related, but named Richard Armitage. A struggling poet. In modern-day Brooklyn, he's 25 years old. He works his regular gas station job. He hates himself. He hates everything around him. Mostly because he bears the similar name to the famous British actor and star of Hannibal in season three and Castlevania. However, one day, when writing one of his most epic, heart-wrenching poems on the bus, he runs into Gladys. Gladys is a daycare employee. She's not necessarily like a, like a relevant daycare employee. She really just cleans up after the mess when the kids go home. She has a hideous disfigurement, and this inspires Richard Armitage. No relation. Her hideous disfigurement involves an acid accident that happened when she was four years old. Her parents alienated her, left her as an orphan. That's why she gravitated towards get daycare, right? But she's on this quest to understand who she is, who her parents were, why she actually got exposed to the acid. What kind, she, she has dreams of these horrifying memories kind of loosely placed together. She winds up meeting Richard Armitage on the bus, reads his poem, is so deeply moved by it that they fall madly in love with each other. Richard Armitage, compelled by her disfigurement as an inspiration for his cruel poetry, decides to team up with her and join her in her quest to understand who her parents were, why she was attacked by acid, and what the entire purpose of her life is as this daycare employee. They both end up discovering quite a bit about themselves. He ends up becoming more of a romantic poet. And she, his wife, runs the daycare facility for orphans afflicted by any kind of bodily harm. All right, and sorry, what's your title again? Uh, Cruel Punctuation. Jacob, you received the script for Cruel Punctuation, which has just a single drop of blood on the front. Very tasteful, not exploitative at all. And how are you gonna make this uh, into a movie? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some good stuff here. It needs a little bit of work. First off, I think if we're going to make this like a human interest piece and kind of get into, you know, characters' lives, I think we really need some strong actors, somebody who can really take that sort of story and make it feel very personal so that the audience connects with them. I'm, I'm thinking we do Nicholas Holt for our lead. 
I think he would he would really do well in that role. He can he can just go nuts with the best of them, and I think he'll he'll do a good job of having kind of like that wry comedy. I like the idea that the you know Richard Armitage is a pen name, like it's not his actual name, but no, you know he doesn't tell other people his real name. He just uses that as a way to get his writing out there and kind of a you know goofy fun way. Um, and then I'm having a tough time with the the female lead. I don't know if I really like the idea that, like, her disfigurement is the backstory. I like the idea that, you know, maybe she has some sort of, like, a scar or something. Um, maybe maybe Jamie Bell's character also has a scar, uh, and that's how they bond. Like, they notice they have, a, they have some sort of a scar. Um, but I don't want that to be, like, her whole thing. Cause that's, I thought you that's, said Nicholas Holt. I was Nicholas Holt. Jamie Bell. Uh, oh, shit, yeah. Uh, Nick, it's yeah, Tossin. Yeah, it's do Nick Holt. Uh, I was thinking Jamie Bell originally. I don't know. They're kind of interchangeable. But, yeah, Nick Holt, I think, is better. Yeah, we'll do that. The casting's just been difficult on this one. So if you guys could bring me bring me a couple options, that'd be great. I haven't really decided what's, what's going to work out perfectly. Um, I want to shoot this kind of fairly close to natural lighting. We'll, we'll amp it up a little bit. We'll, you know, we'll not put cameras on tripods a lot, but we'll stay away from, like, the ultra-shaky cam style. Just, like, a little bit of you know, motion in our shots uh, to give it a little bit more of a handheld feel, make it feel a little more personal. And I want to explore kind of their, their journey together as they go to define, you know, what, what happened with her, her parents and what her original birth was. You know what? Screw it. I figured out exactly who needs to be in this role. Kelly Marie Tran, a.k.a. Rose Tycho from Last Jedi, she is going to play this role. She's going to kill it. It's going to be amazing. She has the ability to convey joy and hope in the face of tragedy, and I think that will be a, a great, great role for her. Other things, sort of style, I want to do, okay, fairly fairly simple colors. Not going to go crazy with that. Fairly naturalistic, and I think that'll work pretty well. All right, so Kyle, everyone's in talks trying to get this uh, film off the ground. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So, it's solid and everything. Like, I don't really, I'm not really fond of the young actors because this is all about, like, the story to me, this feels like an older person's story, like trying to find the parents. I want them dying in the past. So, I'll let the director decide. I want them, they're on board to either play the main leads or play the man, the female character, I forgot her name's adoptive parents that stop in, have some cameos. They're signed on to do some appearance anyway because they're, they're, these are Oscar-worthy actors that will drive some traffic. Like, this will this will get us into cans, no problem. So, either consider casting them in the lead, or, you know what, but I've got Willem Dafoe and Tilda Swinton on, they, they either play the main two, they they just, they like the script and they like the treatment and they just want to be involved some way, even as a small role. So, either, like, I told them, like, I don't know how the director feels, I don't want to take away the director's agency too much, so... You have Tilda Swinton and Willem Dafoe. I want you to use them in at least one powerful scene. Like you and the writer can work on that. So either as like her adopted parents or the poets. Uh, Nicholas Holden, I, he's just like generic, too good. He's too good looking for the role. Like I don't, I don't want any really, really like I don't want Hollywood pretty people. I want the people to be normally pretty. Nicholas Holt looks like he was like manufactured on a Hollywood like assembly line, and that's just. I don't want, I want real people, like, 
Thanks to Snowpiercer, we know Tilda Swinton is totally willing to like change her appearance and do it up. And Willem Dafoe looks like a fucking alien, so we got that. And Kelly Mertrand, like, Last Jedi, she's great. She's a real human being. She has lots of beauty, but it's not manufactured on a Vogue magazine or GQ magazine thing. She's she's real, so that's a great casting. I don't care who it is, just give me someone who's not so Hollywood pretty. Maybe, is Danny Pudi available? Like, give him a try. Like, I bet he's got the chops to do some actual serious drama, not comedy. Um, I bet he'd love to do a role that defines him as something more than Abed. So, give it a try. I bet we can get him. We're going. This is more indie art house stuff. We're gonna hit cans. We're gonna. We're gonna. This is gonna be. We're gonna make a push for the Oscars for this because we got the cast. I think the script has heart. The directors. Uh, use some natural light and all really is is gonna because it's about people and then real so uh we're gonna do just a small this will be 25 million dollar budget tilda and willem defoe are working for scale for this to help us hit the budget so that's what i got for you guys all right so josh everyone seems to be you know supportive of your baby with this feedback you've gotten what are you gonna do or even any new ideas you know i've decided after it getting picked up from from Jacob and and the feedback I've gotten from like just knowing that, that Willem Dafoe and Tilda Swinton are, are even close to the project, throwing out all the compromises I made to try and get it pitched and saying, you know, instead of having our poet working for a gas station, instead he, he's a struggling used book dealer. And when I was writing the character, I was picturing Michael Pitt. And that sort of, that, that, that grim, but still attractive enough to compel a performance, that that's the kind of image I had in my mind when, when, when thinking of the character. I mean, I, I, I was looking for strung out, but also kind of Leonardo DiCaprio. I, was, I, I mean, these were the images in my mind. That's all I can explain. It, you know, investing in that process, I, I decided to reimagine his character as something that he, you know, he has more of a connection to poetry. He has more of a connection to uh, his work. And because he's a struggling used book dealer, trying to make it day by day, he's instead his daily lonely Inui is is fueled by the fact that no one's buying books on paper anymore. So I've rewrote him into that sort of light. And now the introduction happens when our female protagonist, her name is Dorothy. That is her adopted name. She doesn't know her actual name in this new version of the script. Uh, she comes to sell the daycare's previous horribly abused books back to him and he and, and and their first interaction is this explosive fight where michael pitt-esque character richard armitage uh pen name richard armitage lashes out because of the quality of the books i see a pen name if he's just a salesman he has a pen name because he's still a poet he's ashamed of his his, his current role in life all right jacob you're up. Yeah, so I'm definitely hearing the the feedback there. I think that makes some sense. Michael Pitt is a little bit of an odd choice. I don't know if I would go there. I think I think I can solve this. We're going to use Charlie Heaton. He's going to be great. I think he'll he'll be able to sell that kind of drama, but he can also do a little bit of like kind of you know goofy, unironic, uh, real comedy. So I think that would be a, a good choice to play off of Kelly Marie Tran. I love the idea of having Willem Dafoe and uh, Tilda Swinton be in this this movie and I think maybe let's have Tilda Swinton be the person who owns the bookshop and she's the person that Charlie will come to for advice 
when you know he's he's trying to figure out what to do and like you know how do I proceed in life and she's just this like we can give her this like really vibrant character where she's somebody who's just been through a lot of shit she's seen a lot of like crazy days she's walked a lot of paths in her life and now she owns this bookshop and she just has a lot of just like earnestly earned wisdom to impart to him and it'll be a nice juicy role for her you know we can go a little bit you know, fun with the the design for her character and like what she wears and how she moves. And we'll let Tilda just really, really personalize that role. And then I think you know Willem Dafoe can can definitely be you know like an, maybe an investigator or like somebody who's helping them find you know her her birth parents. In terms of like the arc of the film, I want the beginning to be you know sort of more like you know quirk and circumstance, and then like you know they slowly. You know, as they they get to know each other, and as they get over that initial like weirdness and argumentative side, then they start to go on this journey together, and they get more serious about it. They get more involved. Um, I think in the end, she should find her her birth parents, and it should be kind of you know a little bit tragic. Like you know they you know, maybe they they got rid of her because they didn't want her, and they're not really interested in a relationship, which would be heartbreaking. But you know she will have she will have earned herself you know a, a new form of family in the sense of having Charlie Heaton and Willem Dafoe and uh, Tilda Swinton as like this sort of surrogate these people who are willing to you know help her out willing to be be her family in the real world so that's kind of the arc I'm going for I looked at the title again because I forgot about it this has got to go maybe you know Kyle if you can come up with something to throw on there to to really sell this that'd be great all right. So Kyle, um, you're getting the notes of cruel punctuation with subtitle, please change this title, oh god, please change it. So what are you going to do? Last chance. I like the arc and everything. I've got the title for you guys, by the way, because it's about a poet. This film's going to be called Elegy. One simple, that's that's Oscar bait. Oscar, the winner is Elegy. Like, there, that's, I can hear it in my head right now. Best supporting actress, or best actress supporting role. Tilda Swinton for Elegy. Like I'm just I'm 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 pre I'm pre-writing my acceptance speech now. This is great. I'm gonna increase the budget five million for a little more promotion and everything. We're gonna send screeners to all of the top voters and all early. Each one of them might also come like with a wine basket and everything because poetry is best consumed with like wine and chocolate. We're really gonna just grease the skids, not bribes, but just like you want you to have a good time with the movie. Here's a nice Chablis, you know, like enjoy yourself. We're gonna hit cans really hard. We're gonna we're gonna make sure the whole cast is there. We'll fly them all out. This is where there's extra. They're gonna do all the pressers they can and everything. And we want them to be real and talk about the experience of making the movie and how they felt about. It. I mean, Tilda and Willem signed up because they fell in love with the script. Let's let them talk about that. Let's let them be real. The audience is really gonna connect with how. Like, much people are signed on, and I'll, whatever edit the director sends me, that's what we'll put up. I want the actors to know whatever the, the edit the director wants, the studio won't touch that edit, as long as it's under two and a half hours. Like, I really like it two hours if you can. With Kelly Marie Tran, like, yeah, the, the, the white male haters who think she's terrible in Last Jedi, they wouldn't see a movie like this anyway. But the people who loved her, which is 
normal, real people and not internet trolls who live in their mom's basement are going to say, oh man, we can get to see her in a cool dramatic role in a non-franchise film. I think they're going to really flock to it. And way they see this performance she has and this dialogue she's able to deliver. We do have a problem with our male lead. He got once again stopped at the border with cocaine. Damn so it, Charlie. We got to go back to Mr. Pitt, but I think he'll be time. just fine. God. Yeah. So... I hate to throw that wrinkle, but like I get it, we got a shooting schedule to hit, and if he, you know, you know, he can't keep his nose clean. Literally, Mr. Pitt is good. He's a competent actor, and he's not too pretty, like you said. He he fits the kind of pretty, kind of ugly requirement that I want from the male lead. He's just weird looking. Kelly Mertrand's real, and he's weird, and that works. That just juxtaposition is is good. Okay. So. So sorry about that. I, I like the Stranger Things actor's choice. I thought we could have really got a lot of seats, but one job. <sighs> he had one job, and so I'm gonna just do weed instead, bud. Come on. So I'm gonna. Uh, people doing weed is fine. Cops don't care. Can, can I throw one, one more? What are you gonna give me? I'm gonna give you. Uh, I, I I heard. No, no. What are you gonna give me to allow that? Yeah. I'm Move machines, you, uh, a machine that's already going I, here. You can't, I, I, you can't stop you, the machine. I'm going to give you a, 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 a rough draft of the suicide note that I was about to write after I heard that Kyle was going to change the title. And upon hearing that the title was going to be changed, I was not only shaken to my core, but I cried into every volume of Harlan Ellison's books that I own. And I own every volume of Harlan Ellison's books. Almost going to pull a uh, City on the Edge of Forever and punch Kyle in the face over changing the name of, of, of the film, which was so near and dear to me. But it was terrible. It I don't was, care. Yeah, I have ugly dogs that in my lifetime that have been near and dear to me. It I, doesn't change the fact the dog was ugly. I decided, to my great chagrin, that I liked the direction that he was going. However, with every fiber and stitch of my being, I hate Ben Kingsley. And in 2008... A film came out, came out called The Elegy, starring Ben Kingsley, and it actually makes me vomit. But no one remembers that movie. Of, That's why we can use the title. <laughs> this the is Elegy, not The Elegy. It's too close. I decided to rename it Calamus, based on Walt Whitman's book of poems that has a poem inside of it that actually quite, quite fittingly describes our arc. And the poem is, whoever you're holding me now in hand. All so, right. So I'm gonna put. <laughs> so I'm gonna put elegy into the movie machine. <laughs> You'll have your time travel thing. You already got your two minutes. Sounds like pretentious piano playing. So yeah, you're you really hit the festival scenes. So we're running festivals. So you got that audience. Now this is a serious drama with normal-looking people, very thinking. So obviously, no one goes to see it. Except for these festival folks who are like, oh, they, they just love how you capture the spirit of the human subdivisions or something. Everyone brings their own interpretation to it. So, and yeah, you, you know, you're able to get nominated a couple places. Um, but you actually, I know you want to avoid hate, but you do get some hate, not for anything you did in the movie, but for the fact that you're getting all these Oscar nominations, which snubbed whatever big superhero or dumb like big blockbuster movie didn't get nominated and people are like oh well this this arty movie that no one saw the critics are loving it and it's clearly rigged and oh my god i hate this and that just brings more attention to it so the weird you make more money so no one sees this movie when it comes out but people see it it, in oscar season yeah people see it 
So, like, but it's so disproportionate. Like, the amount, like, you get so little money when the movie comes out, but then everyone sees it when they re-release it. So for a while, for, like, four months or so, you guys are, like, super, probably going to be super depressed because you know, like, oh, God, I haven't made any of my money back and I can never work again. And then just when you're at the lowest point, someone comes and comes to you and says, I have some good news, friend. There was light, after all. There was a divine plan, or something like that. But you do have time travel magic also, so you can leave it as art, as the way it is. I luckily do whatever. received this message after speaking to Elon Musk, after receiving all of the negative criticism, and I had told him that I was There's the no, first... the critics loved it. There was no oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. When, when, when we got the box office results, and not seeing that it was a resounding success as I perfectly imagined it, in my mind when writing it. I told him that I was the first person to move to space. I wanted to leave Earth and live among no one. Shamed and alone, I wanted to live among the stars and the blackness between them, and I have left the human race. However, thank God, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences came to their senses and realized that the Han Solo film coming out later this year did not deserve the Oscar for Best Screenplay and that mine possibly did. All right, Jacob? Uh, well, you know, after waving goodbye to Josh, yeah, when Josh was climbing in the, the space pod, I was playing some pretentious piano My right, right next to the launch pad and just, you know, wave, waved goodbye as the last note hit and I just left the pedal on so it kind of echoed away. You couldn't hear it over the jets, but, you know, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm okay with it for the most part. You know, I think we made a good film. And, you know, guys, I didn't want to go there, but Michael Pitt took a dump in my garage and... I can't look him in the face. <laughs> I'm ashamed. Uh, but I, I had to fire him from this movie. And um, you, you bear with me. You know, it was tough to get somebody last minute. Bear with me on this one. Haley Joel Osment came in and took over this role. And I think he's just great. I'm really, really digging it. He brings this kind of like weird kind of off-kilter humor that, you know, Oscar Oscar bait movies just really, really jump in on. I'm, I'm really digging his performance. I think he's going to add kind of a new level to this. He's not Hollywood pretty. He's like a little bit chubby. He's kind of goofy. But yeah, he's got some heart, too. He's got some chops. I think I think it'll work out pretty well. I'm sorry, but this, this title's still not working. We need something, you know, you're right about it being, you know, kind of writery, kind of pretentious. But I think that, you know, Elegy is probably closer to what we want than Calamus. That's just... That means nothing unless we include that in the script. Yeah. I will request that Kyle once again change it to something and hope that Josh never hears about it so that he doesn't also become the first suicide on Mars. (laughs) All right. Well, Kyle, last chance. All right. So I'm actually down with Hilly Joe Osment because he he fits the, the thing of normal person looking. And, like, the kid's got, now that he's gotten his substance abuse under control and everything, he's actually got some acting chops. And this is him. I met him in the facility yeah. where I took Charlie Heaton. Yeah. I had to punch him out and put him in the trunk yeah. to get him there. Um, Haley Joel Osment was coming out, and he was like, yeah, I was just giving this speech. Oh, you're doing a movie? Cool. And, uh, like, he, this is him coming back. This is going to be, like, this is to Haley Joel Osment to his career. I know because we got six Oscar nominations, and he's going to, Michael Pitt didn't get one, but Tilda, Tilda and Kelly did, and they won, along with the best picture, best original screenplay. We had the four wins. We're going to get a fifth win with Haley Joel Osment as best best actor in a lead. He's just he probably will just get nominated, but the nominations enough. 
it's going to be what Pulp Fiction was to John Travolta's career. Right. Like, it'll make people come back. And so I'm excited for that, even though he looks like Al Borland from Home Improvement. He does. Just just look it up. It's a real thing. He does. I can't. The movie, it's just called Ode instead of Elegy. Another single word. And we're good. All right. So putting it back into for Ode. And so on the film side of things, nothing really changes. We got them Oscars. But the one thing that I'm inputting is that the story of the writer and his struggle and reaction. Oh, I already actually, optioned the rights to that. Right, yeah. This becomes more, way more interesting and more talked about than the film itself. It's Just, like the heart of darkness for the apocalypse now. Yeah, I mean, people kind of like, and watch his career, like the same way that people look at like, you know, Tommy Wiseau, like, who is this guy? What is, what is he doing? You know, we know nothing of his past. How did he afford to live on Mars? We don't know. Was he a criminal? We don't know. And down the line, the film for his life actually outperforms this film. I just add those Oscars to my mantle, man. Just a fascinating man. Incidentally, the film about your life is called Elegy. So it was a posthumous release <laughs> after communication stopped between Mars and Earth. I can't believe we got Daniel Day-Lewis out of retirement to play. <laughs> so. I will say, though, on the rocket trip up, when my iPod Classic broke from the G-Force, and it may have been the peyote I took prior to getting on the shuttle... Which but you scored from Charlie Heaton. I did get it from Charlie Heaton, and I was banking on him getting into this film. I like literally banking. Me and Elon. It may have been the peyote. It may have been the G-Force pushing all the blood to the back of my brain, but I saw the future of this film. And in the future, I had seen that Haley, Haley Joel Osment was cast. And I saw in an empty theater, except for the one person there, I saw George Lucas sitting and watching the film. And I saw the single tear crawl down his face. And I saw him say the only words that he put in his review of Elegy, that this is pod racing. And on that note, (laughs) we're going to end, as we always do, with a quote from our patron saint before you become our patron saint down the line. Um, Guy Fieri. Liver is my number one most hated food. Oh, God, I get sick talking about it. Good night, everybody. Holy shit. Holy shit.